are we supposed to do? So we're, we're, uh, we're sitting here trying to figure out how to open champagne since we, we both are. have small childlike hands. We do. We both have very, very small uh, child hands. Hello. Welcome to Unfortunately Required Reading. Uh, it's episode 100. It is episode 100. I did not think that we were going to make it through the early 2020s and uh here we are here we are uh we're in my apartment welcome back to amanda's apartment i like it it makes me happy the last time we were here uh i was very drunk and we were talking about lord of the flies right before lockdown yeah which now i'm like okay getting all the surfaces making sure that we're not getting that again yeah i would prefer not to uh so welcome to unfortunately required reading the 100th episode and uh, we're celebrating 100 episodes by uh, reading a book that I think both of us hate equally. Yeah, yeah, not a big fan. Um, I don't intrinsically hate Mark Twain. Like, I get where he's he's going with a lot of the stuff in here. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tom Sawyer is the biggest dick in literature. Yeah, 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 and yeah. I yeah, don't yeah, mean yeah. like in a fun penis kind of way. It's been five minutes. <laughs> Uh, so I'm excited for us to do this. Uh, we are drinking champagne, which one of us has to open. Tori's going to try to open it. I believe in you. I brought out the real crystal for this occasion. Yay! And nobody lost an eye. No one lost an eye. Um, so fun story. Uh, these are from one of my aunt's weddings. And I don't know if she knows that I use her actual real crystal to drink champagne and watch reality television. Okay, so I have to ask, because when I came in, it was like VH1 behind the music. Yeah, no, it was Cheaters. Oh. I, I saw Cheaters after that. I didn't realize. Okay, so what is Cheaters? Because I've never seen I assume that it has You've to be You've never cheating. seen Cheaters. Okay, oh. so Cheaters is a TV show about horrible people. It's set in Dallas-Fort Worth. Oh. So if you're from North Texas, it's like, I know that building. Um, and basically it's like, you know, if you suspect that your partner is cheating on you, you can confront them and cheaters will like do like some reconnaissance and they'll like stalk your partner and then you get to confront them. And like, there's usually a fight in a parking lot and, uh, it's just really messy. Like it's just messy television. And it's especially weird because like I said, it's set in, um, Dallas Fort Worth. So like there was one episode where a guy brought his, um, affair partner to uh the state fair and it's like oh that's fair park like that's just that's just fair park that's 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 where the state fair is um or like they did one like really really close to where my childhood home was and it's like oh that's by the old wind dixie and yeah that's cheaters and it's a mess and like especially if you watch like early episodes it's so peak like 90s 2000s just like the clunkiest phone the most questionable fashion uh and it's totally real. The episode that I was watching this morning, because I woke up at like six, because apparently I don't know what time is. And um, it was a guy who had a very, very nice house and his girlfriend was a really, really nice wife. They were married. And she was dating like a literal homeless guy. And like at the end, like the homeless guy, she chose the homeless guy and he like carried her into the threshold of like his tent behind a dumpster. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't. I don't know how to uh, how to go anywhere with that. Cheers to a hundred, Victoria. So yeah, I uh, use my aunt's very very fancy real crystal from her wedding. She's divorced now uh, to <laughs> drink champagne and watch reality television. I also really like Bar Rescue. I, I know we've talked a little bit about Bar Rescue. 
we have, don't get me started on Bar Rescue. So we are reading um, Huckleberry Finn, Huck Finn. Uh, the creative title I put is Fuck You, Mark Twain. Yeah. Um, that is the sound of my air conditioner, which is not dying, but it keeps me cool because I take a medicine that makes me run very hot. Yeah, that's the beauty of uh, certain medications when you get chronic illness. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to feel nauseated and throw up all the time? Do you yeah. need to run to the toilet? Oh, by the way, here's one that makes you feel like you're three degrees hotter. <laughs> right. Do you want to sweat doing nothing? Do you want to sit on the couch and feel like you were under the heat of the sun? Right. Do you need a fan perpetually, like, one inch from your face to feel anything? Then we have medication for you. Also, it's a medication you don't really have an option to take because it's that or suicidal ideation. So my husband and I were joking this morning about, like, I just want to write a joke book entitled How Many Times Can I Almost Shit My Pants in a Day? journey of chronic illness. Yes. Um, I don't think I would find a publisher for that. That's why you self-publish. Self-publish on Amazon, baby. Yeah, anyone can do that. That's that's what I do. <laughs> Tori, would you like to tell uh, the listeners at home the nice spread that I made for us? So I will put a picture on the Instagram if I actually remember our password because that's where I am with life right now. Uh, there are some beautiful little mini cupcakes. Yes. Uh, blue and white with little sprinkles. Yes. Little star sprinkles. Yeah. There is a cheese that looks like it may have like mustard seed in it. What kind of cheese is that? So it's the red dragon. It's our favorite. Yes. I was like, it looks familiar. So I got like all of our favorites. So like the bread is the French boule, which is our favorite. Yes. Cornichons, which are our favorite. Andre Spamonte, a longtime friend of the pop. <laughs> And friend of Amanda desperately eating nachos to avoid being drunk later. <laughs> um, and I got us some little cupcakes because I thought they were fun. I was going to get them at Whole Foods and do one big trip, but Whole Foods decided they are too good for mini cupcakes. What? And I had to make a desperate run to Target. Um, which was as fun as you can imagine because I run on... Um, have you seen that meme of like the crab who lives next to a volcano and is like this creature is grown accustomed to the crushing pressures of the abyss. Yes. That's me. Like, I am running on X Games mode 100% of the time. So, <laughs> I was like, gotta go to Target. Gotta go. Victoria's on the way. I gotta tidy up. Uh, so, I, you know, I just made us a nice little platter of, like, some of our favorites. The honey is salted honey. So it's a nice little contrast. And there's some cornichons, because we like cornichons. I tried to make everything nice, because it's 100 episodes. And not everyone gets to celebrate 100 episodes all the time. I think that's worth us saying. Um, to be sappy for a moment, thank you to all of our listeners and our subscribers over the years. Uh, if someone were to ever say, Amanda, you're going to do one thing for a hundred episodes, I'd probably kick them and cry. Yeah, I, I have that moment where I go, wait, because I think we figured out like we were approaching 100 kind of by accident. Yes. Like I was working on the website and I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, we did totally uh, figure it out totally by accident. But also, um, I feel like we hit 100 approximately three years ago, because we just do this. Um, so thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, thank you to Baron Von Cheeseblade, who continues to support the show, and he will make Victoria's surprise next week uh, very, very, very worthwhile, because he gave me a budget, and Victoria relinquished control, because I'm too type A. I was like, I have no idea what's going on. Which, I mean, to be fair, is uh, kind of my 
resting state. Yeah, so thank you for all of those who got mm -hmm. us here. We have some really, really cool stuff coming down the pipeline, as thanks to uh, me finally logging back into Twitter. It's really not that bad in small doses. It's just when you stay for a really long time, you start to notice the cracks. Uh, so would you like to short story long on your device because Tori can't see because she left her glasses? Yes, I left my glasses at home, and then I realized that I now have old people problems, and that's fun. You're um, not that old. I know. I'm almost 40. Oh, yeah. Yep. Got, uh, got another year or so left in me. I'm going to be 39 the end of this year okay that's terrifying moving on short story long i didn't realize that tom sawyer was in the book before this yes he so was we're gonna do a quick flashback because i didn't realize that tom sawyer was the first book mm -hmm. um huck finn they're all they're set in st petersburg missouri mm -hmm. which is along the mississippi river mm -hmm. huck is a poor boy with a drunk dad which honestly um welcome to the mississippi yes um his best friend, Tom, is a middle-class white boy with an active imagination. Okay, and that is the most charitable reading. Oh, it gets worse later. Um, the two found a robber stash of gold, so Huck now has money, and it's in the bank and a trust. He was adopted by a woman named Widow Douglas, who is very serious and just wants to make Huck into a respectable citizen. Um, Huck's not super into that. No. Um, they live with her sister, Miss Watson, who is super self-righteous and also a slave owner. Um, Huck isn't into being clean, matters of church or, you know, attending school. Um, he ends up going to school just because he wants to piss off his father. It's a whole thing. It is. Um, so Tom's like, listen, I know you want to run away from home, Huck, because this isn't your lifestyle. But if you want to be in my robber gang, you got to stay close to home. And he's like, God damn it. Um... <laughs> So, he's staying there, he's chilling out, he's like, I guess everything's fine. Well, then his drunk-ass dad shows up out of the blue uh, and demands Huck's money. He doesn't really give a shit about Huck, just wants his money. Mm -hmm. Judge Thatcher and the widow try to get Huck in, in officially into her custody, legally, but there's a new judge in town who's one of those people who's like, I believe that the boy should stay with his father, which... Even if the father is hot trash. Even if the father is beating the shit out of his kid. Correct. Um, so he's like, you know what? I'm going to give this dad lessons and help reform him and make him a better person. This goes horribly wrong. Um, Huck is like, you know what? Widow Douglas ate so fucking bad because my dad is, is pretty much hot trash yep. and uh, keeps harassing me. Yep. So, uh, at one point in time, the widow's like, hey, stay away from this boy. And the dad goes, nah, fuck that. Kidnaps Huck and holds him in a cabin across the river from town. Because that's totally rational parent behavior. I mean, have you seen some of the QAnon parent stuff? How is this a comedy, anyway? How is this a kid's book comedy? <clears throat> His dad goes out and gets drunk. And when he's gone, he locks Huck in, a ca in the cabin before coming home to beat the shit out of him. Yes. Um, Huck escapes by faking his own death. He kills a pig and spreads his blood all over the cabin. Again, horror movie. Mm -hmm. um, he hides on Jackson Island in the middle of the Mississippi. He watches as townspeople try to find his body. He runs into one of Miss Watson's slaves, Jim. And Jim is running away from Miss Watson after hearing her talk about how she's going to sell him to another master who might treat him terribly and separate him from his wife and kids. Because slavery is bad. 
they team up despite the fact that uh, Huck isn't really sure what he's legally and morally supposed to do. Because uh, technically he's supposed to turn Jim in, which is fucking stupid. Technically he's not supposed to fake his own fucking death. Okay. Yeah. They see a log raft float by the island. They grab it. They loot the house. They find the body of a man who has been shot. And Jim's like, hey, don't look at the dead man's face, which is important <laughs> later on. This is an important tool that you, we will use later. <laughs> They bail out when a woman on shore tells her husband she sees smoke on the island. There is a reward for Jim's capture, so they move downriver with a plan to abandon the raft at the mouth of the Ohio River, Mm -hmm. take a steamboat to the free states, and get Jim to freedom. Mm -hmm. They run into robbers on a wrecked steamboat and manage to escape with the robber's loot. They manage to miss the mouse at the Ohio, where a group of people are waiting to try and uh, capture escaped slaves to collect the rewards. Yes. Huck tells the men that his dad is on the raft and he's suffering from smallpox. It's super contagious. Yes, it is. And they end up continuing down the river. A steamboat hits their raft and they get separated. <laughs> Huck ends up at the home of a family of southern aristocrats called the Grangerforts. They're stuck in a battle with their neighbors, the Shepherdsons. Mm-hmm. The elopement of the Grangeford daughter to a Shepherdson son leads to a gun battle and a ton of people are killed. Jim shows up and rescues Huck before they take off again. Days later, Huck and Jim rescue two men being chased by bandits. Mm-hmm. Turns out these are con artists pretending to be an English duke and a French dauphin. Of course. Because technically Huck and Jim are both considered powerless. They can't kick out the two white men. They, what? The duke and dauphin pull a bunch of scams in various towns, including after a group of women called the Wilkes Sisters. Huck likes the women, so he spoils the scam, which... It totally sucks because both dudes end up getting right back onto the raft just as they've as Jim and Huck have almost escaped. There's more scams. Okay. Uh, and then the the guys decide they're going to sell Jim to a local farmer. But they, but he's not. Th- okay. Yeah. Huck finds him, rescues him, finds mm-hmm. out that the people holding Jim are Tom Sawyer's aunt and uncle. They mistake Huck for Tom. Who is supposed to be on his way for a visit. They don't look the same. Huck fucking goes with it. They don't look the same. They don't. <laughs> he runs into Tom, who is on his way there, and he's okay. like, shit, I'll pretend to be my brother Sid. <laughs> what? So they hatch a super unnecessary, complicated plan to get Jim free, mm-hmm. but they're pursued, and he gets shot in the leg, Tom, and Jim <laughs> sacrifices his freedom to get help for Tom, and then Jim is back in chains at the house, and they find out that Miss Watson actually died and left a provision in her will to free Jim. We find out Tom tried all of these fucking elaborate schemes, not out of the goodness of his own heart, but because he's a dick and he thought it would be funny. Yeah, because he's a terrible child. Instead of just being like, hey, by the way, you're free. Huck freaks out that his dad's going to find him and our special tool, and then everyone's like, oh, your dad was totally the body that Jim found. Oh! How the fuck is this a kid's book? So, I remember... cheese. By all means. Uh, so, the cool thing about Huckleberry Finn is that there's like a million and five adaptations of this work. Uh, a lot of them are animated and a lot of them are geared at children. And like, reading it now as an adult, um, I don't understand why any of this is geared at children nor do I understand the moral that this is supposed to tell. Because when we started this show, one of the big aspects of it was deconstructing the books we had to read and understanding what is this trying to teach us. And outside of, like, blatant racism and that one uh, meme 
from Pocahontas, these white men are dangerous. I don't know what this book is supposed to teach anyone, yet alone, like, a diverse population of individuals. I remember we read this in high school, so yeah, I'm giving that part away. Same. And we had the most awkward time because the N-word is all over this book. It is plentiful. It is constant. Yes. <clears throat> and so you'd have this whole group of kids, and we were given the option whether or not we wanted to read the word aloud. Sa okay, same. So I also read this in high school, and um, some of the black students had a really, really big problem with it. And our white teacher and some of the other black students, most of us that were, you know, trained to, you know, fit into white society, uh, had the divide of, well, these are the students that say the N-word all the time. So why are you upset when Mark Twain, who's writing, you know, X number of years, uh, I rescind that statement. You can be uncomfortable with it and not like it. I don't like it. Um, I didn't like it when Quentin Tarantino did it in Hateful Eight. I don't like it now. Uh, so I don't understand it because especially if you want to try the whole thing of like, oh, it was a different time. Even during the time Mark Twain was writing, like this word was distasteful. Like no one ever thought that this word wasn't derogatory. Now it might've been used more because racism, but there was never like a timeline where this was like a chill word. That you just refer to a black person as. Right. And I, I really struggle, like, even with the memory of this. Because, obviously, like, I was like, that's that's messed up. It I'm is not, messed up, yeah. But we had, you know, one black kid in the entire class. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up in an area that was mostly Vietnamese, Mexican, and white. Mm -hmm. And so we really only had, I think, like, one or two percent of our graduating class was african-american or black mm -hmm. or whatever term you prefer and you're comfortable with mm -hmm. and i just remember being like what the fuck are they thinking right now because like our teacher just seems like this is super fucking chill and no big deal mm -hmm. and it was kind of like we, we ended up reading catcher in the rye too <laughs> and people enjoyed getting a chance to say fucking class like that was fun for them yes but like reading this book everybody was just kind of looking at each other like you're giving us that choice? This shouldn't be a choice. Yeah, and also, like, we're in high school. We don't know. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, and it's one of those things that, like, you know, it's, for me, it's, like, one of those, like, indicator tests a little bit. Like, you know, when we're in, like, the high school pantheon, you know, you have that one kid who takes World War II too seriously. Like, I feel like this is one of those books where it's like, oh, it's historical. It's okay. I should be able to say the N-word when we read it aloud. And it's like... I have some questions about what your home life is like. Also, uh, the current Grand Wizard of the KKK uh, died. Yay. Yeah. Happy, that. Yeah, happy, happy uh, 100th episode. He's dead now. Um, the fact that we still have a KKK, shocking to me. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I'm constantly fascinated by the fact that we can have the KKK, but we're going after uh, transgender children. Yeah, because it's those... Uh, it's those dang men's and dresses that are the problem, not the actual terror group that's been terrorizing for checks notes a long ass time. Uh, so we're going to talk a lot about the racism and nonsense of this book and Mark Twain's uh, adjacentness to it, because I feel like whenever people talk about Mark Twain, they always love to make him sound like he's this great, like, 
almost like proto, you know, abolitionist, even though at that point there was some freedoms kind of, but not really. Uh, but he was just a white guy. He was just a white guy. And that's not an indictment. I've dated many just a white guy. <laughs> My brain's just going to the Barbie marketing. Is she's Barbie? She's he's just a Ken. He's yeah, just Ken. <laughs> yeah, like it's very that. Like it's just he's just a white guy. Like I don't think he's this great like crusader for justice. I also don't think he's like this hella racist. He's just he's a guy existed, and that's something that I find really fascinating with this. When you start looking at YouTube videos and tutorials mm-hmm. and things like that, and Tutorials? Tutorials of, like, this is how you read this book. Oh, like, to be Mark Twain? (laughs) How to be Mark Twain. Oh, my God. Get fantastic mustache. Yeah, get... You must have an excellent mustache, next. Have an unhealthy relationship with the worst fucking boat design. (laughs) Learn how to communicate with people after death. Yeah. So, I'm going to be honest. My notes about Mark Twain. They're like, here's some basics. Also, let me tell you all the crazy okay. shit. So we've, we've established that this is not listened to anyone who actually needs help in their English classes, which is good because Victoria has nothing that is of use to anyone. Not right now. No. Tori has nothing that is of use to anyone at this moment. I've read these notes. I have edited this draft of this document. There is nothing that is beneficial. Oh, it's fucking terrible. It's... It's a uh, it's a lot, but also uh, we're jumping the gun a little bit because it's episode one hundred. We can all agree that the best adaptation of this is the Wishbone one. Oh yeah, where, I about where Wishbone is on a raft with just a black man. I always so every time somebody brings this up, all I can think of is that fucking scene from Family Guy. Oh my god! Past the oar and we're Jim. Like what? <laughs> also that. Random black guy was not my dad, but my father was an extra many times on Wishbone. So it's kind of weird because I've said this before and I I do sometimes wonder like, oh man, I could like go watch these old shows and like look for my dad. But like that sounds like desperate and spooky to me. That does sound a little sad. Not in like a bad way, like just in a, oh. Yeah, I'm going to go watch like 30 hours of Walker, Texas Ranger looking for my father. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't do that. He was on Walker, Texas Ranger a lot. Maybe use one of those things where they like scan the pictures. Oh my god, I hope not. Surveillance. Uh, t- also, total sidebar, but it's still one of the funniest things that ever happened to me. So when my mom died, uh, we donated her organs and tissues, including um, her eyes. Um, and one of my cousins, you know, she was just fascinated by that. She's like, so someone has like your mom's eyes. And it's like, Yes. I mean, I hope someone has them and it's not like a weird jar thing. Like, yeah, like someone has my mom's eyes. And it's like, what if you're like at the store and like you look at someone and it's like your mom's eyes. And it's like, well, I hope I don't know because unless they're like holding a sign, uh, mom's eyes are brown, which is the most common eye color in the country. So again, unless this person's like holding a sign that I have, you know, legal names eyes, I hope I don't know. Or the reverse of that is they've hunted me down. It's like, I have your mother's eyes. <laughs> you know? So, like. I just imagine you, like, getting assaulted at the HEB and, like, somebody coming up, I have your mother's eyes. Right. Um, that's really uncomfortable. I'm just here for pickles. Right. Like, I just, like, there's no read of that scenario that, like, isn't horrifying. I'm bringing these okay. closer, speaking Okay, that's fine. Much. I don't know what's happening. Where are we? 
Tori got to see me try to work out spacing issues because I have spatial awareness problems. But yeah, like that was always very, very funny to me. It's like, what if someone just like walks up to you and is like, you know that that's your mom's eyes. And it's like, this isn't that so even. Like, I'm not going to ever know. And like, unless they tell me. And if that's the case, like, I think that's kind of weird. Like, I gave up my mom's tissues, not because I wanted to be a hero, but because she was very, very large and more that we could offload would make it easier. That was dark. <laughs> that was real dark. I didn't want to be a hero, but they had to ask me so many like invasive questions as well. It's the worst. If you ever have to go through like a loved one dying suddenly and you vote for like organ and tissue donation, I'm going to prep you. They have to ask the most invasive questions. Like, my mother was not even cold, and they're like, did your mother ever sell herself for drugs? It's like, no. Did your mother ever use injectables? It's like, no. <laughs> so, just a heads up, if you ever have to go through that, it's still the best decision ever made for my mom's body, but they have to ask you the worst questions. My dad was too real with cancer, so they're like, no, we're going to pass. I mean, like, they can still take, like, skin and stuff. I say casually not being a murderer. Speaking of, do you want to see the psychology of serial killers at the Tobin? Sure. Fuck yeah. When is it? Uh, it's May 25th. I saw it while I was driving on the highway. I'm going to be here. Are you? I have to look because... Your copious Vegas trips? Uh, evidently now. Now we're going to Vegas. Well, not Vegas. Yeah, your copious Vegas trips? <laughs> Vegas is so much more fun now that weed is legal. Oh my god. That's why you're going. You don't smoke it in public. I, I, There's signs everywhere. I didn't say and that. I don't smoke. Okay. So I'll let you guys fill in the blanks there. Okay. She's lying, but... <laughs> I don't smoke. Okay. I won't turn down an edible, but... <laughs> She's lying. Uh, so, we have some themes. Uh, the air conditioner is back on because it said, you got too hot in here talking about dead parents and racism. Uh <laughs> It was dark. I decided to add some noise to you. Yeah, here's here's some very loud fan noise. Um, so let's talk about the hypocrisy of civilized society, which is a big theme in here because um, Huckleberry Finn is really meant to be like this idea that, you know, the low-born are just as good as the rich. Uh, they're equals because they're all trash. And that I can agree with. Yeah, so we, we get this whole thing... With Miss Watson. Miss Watson is yes. very much... Trash. You have to do it this way. And this mm -hmm. is what God wants. And da, 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 which we see a lot today in Texas still. Mm -hmm. um, where it's this, you have to follow this complete set of rules. But also, I'm keeping somebody changed in my backyard with his family to do all the work for me. Yes. Which, here's your periodic reminder that slavery was bad. A lot of the descriptions of Jim, too, are like, look, he's very spooky. He's got to be into witchcraft. He's got a Bezor. You know, he's got all these things. And it's like, dude, he's a fucking dude trying to deal with the fact that he is property every single fucking day of being this woman's property. Yes. And having to do all this work for her. Yes. And at any point in time, if he upsets her, he could be sold down the river. Oh, speaking of, Tori, did I tell you about the most racist museum I've ever been to? No. So it's the Texas State History Museum in Austin. Oh, God. Oh, my God. There is, like, three panels on, like, slavery, and all of it is, like, 
But some slave owners were really good, and they, the slaves enjoyed it. And, and then Reconstruction was a thing, but it wasn't bad for anyone. Reconstruction was great. There's one thing that mentions Juneteenth. One. And then you get to, like, the freedom part for all the other, you know, groups. There, in Austin, Texas, there is one small plaque talking about queer liberation. In Austin. There is more time and energy dedicated to fucking space than there is to queer liberation in Austin, Texas. It yeah. is the worst museum I have ever been to. Because it is awful. Queer liberation is just lip service in Texas. Yeah. And it's down the street from the Capitol, so I was very, very tempted to go, like, flip off the Capitol building, but there are people with guns, and I am very black and very gay. Yeah, it's uh, it's been real interesting. Um, I'm very tired of living through unprecedented times. Yeah, I would like more precedented times. Um, but yeah, you do see this hypocrisy of the civilized society, because the civilized society is still doing uncivil things, like owning fucking slaves. Um... I don't necessarily agree with how Mark Twain illustrates it because I think it kind of reminds me of the Michael Bay Transformers movies where, like, everyone is just so trash. Yes, I did compare this to Michael Bay, and no, you will not stop me. I'm not going to. I want to hear more. <laughs> like, everyone is just bad. Like, there are no good guys here. So, like, if Huck is meant to be your good guy, he's also a small sociopath. If Tom Sawyer is meant to be your good guy... He's hella trash. There's a whole part where they're talking in the robber's cave at the beginning mm -hmm. about whether or not they're going to kill people. And if so, yes, they do want to kill people. They do. Um, if women and children will be included. Yeah. Because like, it would be a pain in the ass to keep them in the cave. Right. Like, there's just, especially as an adult, please don't, please don't die. No. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's no one good to look to. So while I totally understand the whole, like, yeah, let's show the hypocrisy of the, you know, barbarism of owning people. But yeah, but everyone's bad. How many times has Huck called Jim the N-word? Like, he's not better. There's no good to look at in this. And, um, I also fully understand the fringe theory that Tom Sawyer is like a like a Loki-style trickster who's like an interdimensional being. What the shit? <laughs> <laughs> what, is he fucking Hermes? No! Do you have other explanations for this? He's a middle-class white boy who gets away with everything? Yeah, he's basically Loki. No. Yeah, <laughs> that's what Loki is. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm MCU. I'm, I'm, I'm mansplaining your own beliefs. That's basically what Loki is. I'm just sitting here like, what the fuck? <laughs> but I'm not wrong. Like, is he just like, I think he's an interdimensional trickster. Like, this is like Anunnaki, this is like Anunnaki theory level. Like, I think he's an interdimensional, like, Rumpelstiltskin trickster. Oh my god. I'm just trying to imagine Tom Sawyer, like, with intelligence. And it's really hard. I think he has it. But, like, is there, like... An interdimensional trickster, like, cabal, because it's, like, yes. Tom Sawyer, it's, um, Oliver from Oliver's Twist, like, it's, like, there's, like, a cabal of, like, horrible white children. Oh, my God. Please make a shirt that says cabal of horrible white children. Like, there's, there has, like, there's a cabal of, like, these horrible, like, interdimensional trickster white children. Because, like, okay, so one of my favorite characters in all of DC Comics is Clarion the Witch Boy. And he's just, like, a horrible little witch boy 
who's like the son of Morgan Le Fay, and he's just there to be a twink and cause problems. Do you know how bad I want for my existence to just be to be a twink and, and cause, cause problems? problems? So like, I mean, I'm personally in favor of the cabal of horrible interdimensional white children. I would like for them to be less racist, but cabal of horrible white children. Brought to you by. Brought to you by Andres Pimento Champagne, because I haven't had a drink in a while. <laughs> no, I'm lying. I went to brunch with my aunts, and uh, we had plum-flavored sake. Ooh. It was a very, very pleasant brunch. Uh, and then we went to Lush, and my aunt had never been in a Lush, and she was like, this is the greatest place ever, and like dropped a cool like $50. My, uh, my daughter loves Lush. I love like, Lush. Obsessively. She'll just go in and be like, I've decided I'm going to spend all of my uh, yeah my chore money on this. And yeah. I'm like, mm, it's okay. A, it's a good place to spend money. Is this a gay commercial? So I keep the television on, but it's on mute because I have severe ADHD. And I think this is a, this is a homosexual commercial. Aww. Oh, it's for eHarmony. Aww. Yay. Oh, good and, job, eHarmony. And, and now it's an ad for medication because America is a hellscape. Um, do you want to talk about empathy or the lack of in this book? Uh, so the hard thing about this book too is when you think that there's going to be moments that are empathetic you think that there is going to be this deep understanding no 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 like Huck does what a lot of us who have been through trauma does and just kind of goes yeah my dad beat the shit out of me but whatever yeah (laughs) yeah and I I guess like that might be the part where like it's good for children because I feel like a lot of the adaptations are like they basically just like twist it into a morality play and then they'll add whatever like their agenda is. So like for Wishbone, obviously, like, you know, it's like, oh, and use your imagination and your craftiness, just like Huck Finn. You know, don't call people the N-word, but like use your imagination yeah. and your cra- Convince a bunch of people to do the work for you. Right. Like that's a, I mean, that's just capitalism. So, you know, yeah. a solid trait in America. Um, so I feel like that's where you could have some like child forward you know, musings about, you know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and don't be a dick. Um, but there's none of that present in the book. It, and the closest we get to is Huck's struggle to be like, do I have to turn Jim in? Can I keep Jim here? What do I do? Is this illegal? Is this right? What? But it's also like the least struggle that he should have had. And maybe this is just because I'm black. Um, I don't understand why that was a struggle at all. Jim is just a person. The way Huck describes Jim, though, as well, he doesn't, you can tell he doesn't actually see him as a person. No. He sees him as a concept. He sees him as, this person is a possible friend for me, but also I don't really want to hear about his personal struggles or anything like that. Um, I like the fact that he protects me. Yeah. I like the fact that he's watching out for me. But in the end, you know, I guess he just has to go back to his slave role. No, he, like, honestly, the way Huck talks about Jim reminds me of, like, how some people talk about, like, their dog. Mm -hmm. Like, it very much feels like a master and a pet scenario. And um, varying depictions will have uh, Jim. Tori just did a little happy cheese dance. It's so good. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's okay. I just saw it in the corner of my eye. Tori did a little happy cheese dance. Um, But in varying depictions, he's either, like, Jim is either like completely monstrous and dumb as a brick, 
Or like my favorite are the ones where like he's just a normal guy and like shockingly intelligent and very charming, but everyone treats him like an animal. And it's just like very, very sad. Um, But yeah, like there's just, I love that people like draw that out of this novel when that just doesn't exist, Um, which leads us neatly into, let's talk about the historical use of the N-word. Um, so the N-word is bad. End of sentence. End of sentence. Yeah, end of sentence. Uh, do I believe that black people can reclaim it? I personally don't, but it is not my place to tell individual black people what they can and can't do. Um, I went to the Museum of Modern Craft a few years ago, and they had this exhibit on trying to reclaim, you know, what we know as the swastika. Because it is like a traditional symbol in various cultures, including Native American and um, Hinduism and Buddhism as well. Um, but I feel like that's not like the bi-angles, like the two triangles that were put on, you know, concentration camp uniforms to designate that that was a bisexual. Like, because bise- bisexuals were able to reclaim the bi-angles and we're proud of the bi-angles because that's abstract enough that if you know, you know, but to everyone else, it's just a that person likes fucking triangles. And this is actually something that you see with the modern day heathen community as well. So, um, unfortunately a lot of hate groups have come in and been like, you know what? This symbol is amazing. This rune that has been used for mm-hmm. thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually, so there's, there's two different schools of thought. There's, you know, the magical powers of runes. And then there's also guys carving things into the Hagia Sophia saying like Sven was here or some shit like that. It's a form of writing. Mood. <clears throat> but a lot of modern day hate groups symbols and so you'll actually see with a lot of inclusive heathen groups where they're like hey real quick question because I don't want to get this tattooed on me and then look like I'm part of a hate group Mm -hmm. has this one been stolen yet right well and you've heard me talk about this game millions of times which is the uh Thor's hammer game where it's like are you a white supremacist or are you a chill pagan you're wearing Mjolnir do you want to beat me up behind the taco cabana or are we friends now? Okay, like, also, if I'm ever at a Taco Cabana of my own will, please check on me, because I hate that place. I love Taco, Cabana. Taco Cabana is the absolute worst, which is why when I was back home, I ate the superior Mexican fast food, which is Taco Bueno. Hey, you know what? At least it's not Taco Bell, because Taco Bell... I will take Taco Bell over Taco Cabana. Taco Bell is for stoners and people who want stomach aches, and you know what? Taco Bell has I... never given me a stomach ache. It has never made me sick. I will take Taco Bell over Taco Cabana any day, except for the time that I was there after my friend's week, and I had to listen to the Welcome to Night Vale episode with the Trayvon Martin dragon. But that wasn't Taco Bell's fault. That wasn't Taco Bell's <laughs> Unless they planned that, which, good on you, Taco Bell. That was some viral marketing, because here I am talking about it on my podcast. <laughs> I love there was one of these creators, I think it's like Devin something, she's on a TikTok, and she had to have oral surgery, and her dad drove her through the drive through for Taco Bell, and she's like, I love her, the girl who's like, she's literally an angel, she is an angel, dad, dad, she's an angel, and like, it goes on like this, and I loved it so much that I'm like, give that girl a raise. Yes. <laughs> hey, Taco Bell. Um... I feel like Taco Bell should give us free tacos now. Here's the thing. I don't hate Taco Bell. I still, it's kind of like Jack in the Box. I still believe it is 
or stoners okay. when you're drunk but or if you're desperate. You but I love go it. to Jack in the Box and you order a grilled cheese because they put it on the sourdough bread. Thank you. You get that. You get the kids meal with the two chicken strips. You ask them for all of the buttermilk house sauce, which is just kicked up ranch. And then you go to the freestyle machine, you get a cherry vanilla Dr. Pepper. You have to get the churros. You got to get the churros. Don't get the weird fucking cake they have. They have like this weird like chocolate cake thing. It's a fey trap. Don't get that. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to say something and it's going to make me sound like I don't like good tacos because I do like Jack in the Box tacos too. But I have to tell you, I have had no real street tacos that are amazing and those are definitely my favorite from california from california that's okay so <laughs> this this is a major debate between texans all, and california all the texans just left out of like from california oh so i'm on a plane <laughs> from mm-hmm. austin going back to california to see my family back when they lived there well mm-hmm. like part of my family did um and i'm sitting next to these two people and they're like talking and one of them goes you know what I can't wait until we land. I'm going to go get myself some decent fucking Mexican food. And the guy next to her goes, oh, shit. Yeah, I miss it. I take my headphones off. And I'm like, that is literally my first stop. Because we have a lot of like Baja style and street style and stuff like that. And here there's a lot of Jalisco places. And I do not like Jalisco Mexican food. Okay. You're just staring at me like you're going to cut me and I'm afraid. I'm not going to cut you. I know you're, you're... Okay. okay, so Amanda is not a fierce, frightening being to me. I just like to say that. It's because I'm 5'1". <laughs> um, but I have seen you take out a whole row of paper towels with one roll of paper towels. This is true. Using your amazing, small but mighty strength. I say that, but mm-hmm. I have also drawn blood while hitting a guy with a pillow, so. Damn. I'm deadly to everyone else. <laughs> But um, to get back to the historical use of the N-word, um, I don't feel like it's something that people need to police as aggressively as we do, because I feel like that flattens the narrative. But I think that there needs to be way more context provided. And I think it comes with that humanization of Mark Twain, because I feel like every conversation that I had about him when I was younger, because like most Texans, I've read this 5,000 times, um was either that he was this super, super, super racist old man, or, like, he was a liberty and justice fighter. He was ahead of his time, a brilliant genius. And I'm like, he was just a guy. He was just a guy on a weird boat. He's just a guy. Hit him with your car. (laughs) Like, he's just a guy. He's he's just a dude. He's just... Thank you, Chrissy Chapek. I love her. The gift that keeps on giving. That and... um, Have I showed you the misandrist parrot? No. So there's a parrot. Her name is Jack. She's an African grey, so she's very, very intelligent. Um, she hates men. Um, she will attack men. She loves drinking chamomile tea. And uh, her owner's dad has COPD. So whenever he comes over, Jack will mimic his cough and then laugh at him. That's awful. <laughs> and spoiler... He probably got COPD from her dust. Oh my god. Because birds are very dusty. So, like, she will make fun of his cough. She mimics his cough and then laughs at him. Jack is a feminist icon and I love her. She will chase men and bite their ankles. Like, she's great. I love her. Oh my god. (laughs) 
So some, just a point to bring out about the use of the N-word. Yes. This book is very much written in vernacular. Yeah. It's, if you've, okay, my favorite book in vernacular, though, is Irvine Welsh's uh, Trainspotting. Oh, Which I read in high school, which I didn't realize that the C word and the F word could be used so frequently back and forth in the same sentence. I did. But, Scotland forever. Um, (coughs) Stop saying Scotland forever! (laughs) This is the second time I've said this today. Um, so a lot of the way that the characters speak is what they would have spoken like. Yeah. At, at least for different people that Mark Twain grew up around and knew. Yeah, and they would have said the N-word a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And so... That's the only even slight pass I can give this. And it's still paper thin, because as I mentioned, like, it was still considered to be, like, a bad word. Like, there was not, like, a... There wasn't, like, an alternative meeting where, like, oh, it was, like, queer or gay, where, you know, like, the word has shifted over time. Like, it was always a derogatory term. So even if you're running on a, oh, it's just vernacular, like, there were other words that you could use. I think the only time that I let it ever just pass over me, which is hypocritical, I couldn't stomach it in Hateful Eight, but I could in Django Unchained. And I think it's because a bunch of black people murder a lot of white people. So that might be like the only reason why I can stomach it a little bit easier in Django Unchained because that is a black revenge fantasy written by a white man, which problematic elements aside is still incredibly uh, satisfying and gratifying to watch. So we're going to talk about the magical Negro. Oh, and this is something that you see in uh, queer spaces as well. Um, yes. Pretty heavily. Well, you just see it in spaces like, um, The magical Negro trope is essentially, you know, there's a person of color. It started with black people that, you know, they have some kind of like wisdom that their otherness is, you know, almost like magic. You see it in a song of the South, which also, can we talk about all the people that like had their panties in a twist? Oh, over that Disney ride. Was it gonna put it on the certain no, thing? No, no. Oh, the for, the ride. God, um, Flash Mountain. Yeah, I just. I think my big thing is, is that I don't understand why you would base your personality on something racist unless you're just a racist. Because if you're just like an out racist, okay, like, that's not great for you, but at least I understand. But like, if you're going to say that I'm not a racist, but like you've based apparently like your child's entire personality around something that is clearly racist, I don't get it. It's also just a fucking ride. It's a ride. It's a ride. And, you know, the, the really funny thing about it, too, is people are getting so upset about, you know, oh, they're going to change the storyline. They're going to do Princess and the Frog. First of all, Princess and the Frog is really popular out in the parks. Hate it to is. tell you guys this. Um, the other thing is they're going to keep the same fucking mechanics, dude. Do you know how expensive it is to read? It's the same goddamn ride? ride. It's the same ride. The figures that you see on the boat, for the most part, or around the boat at the end, those were all taken from America Sings, dude. Like... For crying out loud. Except for that one bear. Is that, did they ever get that one bear back? I don't know. Is that one bear still mm-hmm. missing? I don't know. So there is a huge market for stolen Disney goods. I'm just going to tell you this. Like, at one point in time, this guy got busted for stealing uh, different pieces off of... Oh God, what was the ride? It's something in Epcot that no longer exists. But what happens is Disney has storage facilities. They mm-hmm. keep... Um, pretty much everything. Um, Including Walt Disney's head. Walt Disney wasn't 
cryogenically frozen. Anyway. I didn't say cryogenically frozen. I'm thinking like Futurama or like his head's in a jar. So a lot of these things go into storage and they are usually cataloged and yes. kept um, with more care than most of the people in Southern California are treated. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> more care than the people who work in the kitchens at Disneyland. Let's just put it that way. 100%. A lot of friends who work for them. Same. Um, a lot of people who were uh, Jungle Boat Cruise captains would never date a Jungle Boat Cruise captain. Oh, they've, they've, they're like Vietnam veterans. Like, they've seen stuff. No, just don't do it. I will, no, mostly because, uh, all right, fun story. Ooh. The kinkiest people I've ever met are Disney employees. Oh, that's odd. Yeah. They are yeah, fabulous. Of course. Um, also, basically, when, if you go to work in Florida, <laughs> hmm, have fun. That's, that's all I'm going to say. I mean, we based an entire... Anyway. We based, I'm, like, so many uh, fan theories from Supernatural based on that. Supernatural, a show that I'm going to rewatch. See? It hurts me to rewatch it sometimes. Oh, no. We're rewatching it, Tori. We're doing it together. It's emotional. We're going to watch Castiel and Dean watch porn in the Christian daylight. Oh, my God. Because that's the, something that two bros do. That's something that two straight bros do. They watch porn together in the Christian daylight. Um, but the Magical Negro is a cheap uh, tool that writers can use when you want someone who knows a lot, a deus ex machina, but you don't want it to be white and you can throw in some color as a little treat. Um, you see it a lot in movies. You see it a lot in books. Um, it has varying levels of chill versus not chill. Are we thinking like Green Mile and stuff like that? Yeah, Green Mile. I'm also thinking like of a lot of iterations of like the sassy black friend, like your um, Olivia Pope's from Scandal. Like there's a lot of like modern iterations that are at their core still magical Negroes, but they don't feel as magical Negro. Because like overt magical Negro, yeah, it's you know, Song of the South, it's the Green Mile, like, that's overt Magical Negro. Um, and then you have, like, covert Magical Negro, where, like, yeah, you have, you have the sassy female friend, you know, the black friend who, you know, knows everything and is everyone's emotional rock. Um, but then if she ever has problems, no one fucking listens to her. Um, and, you know, as a, as a black person in America, air conditioners again, uh, it's exhausting, because once you figure out how prevalent it is, it's just tiring. And there are other um, minorities that that happens to. You will very occasionally get, like, the magical, like, Native American. And it's oh, very, God, very it's reductive. Constant. It's very reductive and sad. Um, I love the way Twin Peaks handled that at one point in time because the Native American character is talking and he says this very deep, interesting poem. And he's like, wow, mm -hmm. thank you for sharing your wisdom. And he goes, it's a poem. I wrote it for my girlfriend. Yeah. And I'm like, Yes! <laughs> Exactly. Like, there's, there are so many better stories that, that mm -hmm. handle that. But, like, Jim is essentially in every version of Magical Negro. Or, like, he's protecting this good little white boy. And he knows all the ways of the world, even though he's been enslaved. So, really, he doesn't probably know how to do a lot of these things. You know what makes me insane? The movie The Blind Side. It oh, makes me so mad. She has... So, she, her whole career has been helping ethnic children in movies. And it's just like, what are you doing? Also, if I don't share this, I will explode. Um, it's something that I learned yesterday, which is that 
um, Mama Mia is canon compliant to Kingsman because Colin Firth's character name is the exact same in both movies. You which sent means, me that last night. <laughs> which means that Harry, when he's done and he has his like gay awakening, because that's what happens to Mama Mia. He's the one that goes gay. Um, I've never seen Mama Mia. You fucking what? How how am I still allowed in the uh, the queer community? Is the question. You are no longer allowed in my household. We're gonna go watch Mama Mia after this. <laughs> I don't like Rent, and I've never seen fuck, Mama Mia. Fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Uh, I love Mamma Mia. It's like after he goes gay at the end, uh, and they've sung jukebox musical versions of ABBA for an hour and a half, um, he goes to be a Kingsman agent, because it's the same character. A gay Kingsman agent. I mean, have you seen Kingsman? Yeah. If someone said that Merlin and Galahad were fucking, (laughs) I wouldn't say no. Last night, Thursday, we were watching... X-Men Days of Future Past. My husband started this thing where he's like, okay, to our daughter, and he's like, I want to help you with your like movie watching because you never know what you want to watch. So give me a concept. So he choose. I will find it and we'll watch it as a family. Is it is it Scottish hate fucking? Is that the prompt? I looked out at Brianna halfway through the movie and I said, so just so we're all clear, you know that, that Eric and Charles have definitely fucked at least once. Yes. I'm a terrible step-parent. So, it actually um, is canon. And fucking Mark just looks at me <laughs> like, what? I'm like, you know it's true. I texted all of my friends. My little, like... You didn't text me. I didn't text you. Okay, I thought I texted you. Fuck off! Okay, I texted the signal group that I'm in. That's what it is. Yeah, so um, sorry, that's actually... That's canon. Um, in fact, when Charles dies, uh, Magneto takes over the school and takes Charles's last name. But he's still a fascist, so, like, it's not good. Like, it's not good. (laughs) It's not a good thing. Um, But, yeah, the Magical Negro in this is exhausting. Uh, If you're trying to write stuff, don't make your POC characters, like, magic. That's the one at Fair Park. That's the Cheaters episode. He took his side chick to Fair Park. Don't take your side chick to the state fair. The, the TV is still on in the background. It's <laughs> See, it says the State Fair of Texas. Texas. That's Reunion Tower. Like, it's Dallas Fort Worth. What is just, like, big text? Do it for this guy? I'm really not Don't. Well, this is also, like, the 90s, 2000s, so I guess, like, it wasn't that expensive back then. But, like, don't take your side chick to the State Fair. What the fuck? <laughs> and the side chick is actually really hot. Most of the side chicks are pretty okay. One of them, they end up going to, like, this underground vampire, like, BDSM rave. Holy shit, that sounds like my kind of party. I love Cheaters. It's the best television show that's ever existed, and it's on all day. Hulu Live, not yet a sponsor. Oh my God. I love that it's just like, I'm gonna, and now, like, I'm gonna call you or something and be like, 600 pound life for Cheaters. No, that's never mm-hmm. an option, because I'm always gonna choose Cheaters over my 600 pound life. Do you watch 90 Day Fiance? Oh, of course I fucking do. Okay. I- <laughs> I have seen a few episodes, and I always end up laughing when the Russian chicks come over, and they're like, you eat all of this? Yeah. All of this. My favorite is when the Russian chicks come over, like, oh, you're poor, actually. Let's talk about some rivers and some rafting. No. <laughs> Tori. <laughs> like, I don't want to. The um, magical nature of the river, which the Mississippi is fucking dirty as hell. It's cleaner than the Trinity. That's fair. Um, Probably cleaner than the San Antonio River. Have you, do you do you see when they clean out the San Antonio River? They find okay. So one of my friends the other day was watching 
the Mandalorian stuff. And she goes, you know, I always wondered, they have, like, no safety compliance things in these, these you know, futuristic societies. Where's mm-hmm. the handrails? People just go right off into space. And I go, no, see, that's just San Antonio Riverwalk. Mm-hmm. And it's true. There's, like, no handrails. No. And so you're walking by. I mean, you could literally just push somebody in. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, people do. But yeah. lots of cell phones found. Um, rings from breakups. Yep. Um, Razor scooters, like the little bird electric scooters. So that was so bad for a while that they had to, like, send people out with trackers to try and find these things. Mm-hmm. A lot of them ended up in the river. Yeah. Which, oh, uh, Steve-O got arrested for jumping into the river. He jumped from, um, no, he jumped from Pressa and Navarro near the Knicks Hospital, right by the Walgreens. So he jumped from, like, the actual bridge area? Yeah. Oh, my God. Fucking idiot. Near where the Bushman lives. Oh, the Bushman. I didn't know the Texas Bushman was in San Antonio. I didn't know he was in San Antonio either. Now I'm like, now I gotta avoid that area. Right. It's like, cool, never going downtown again, because... I'm going to kill him. Like, if that happens to me, he's going to die. So what's really funny is people are always like, oh, yeah, I want to come visit you. And then I'm like, great. No, you they're don't. Like, they're like, can we go to Riverwalk? No. Like, you don't, let me take you to some bars that don't suck. Or you know what? Yeah, we can go to all the other missions that are still connected by the river. We can go to Concepcion. We can go to Mission Espada. We can go to Juan Capistrano. Like, we can go to all the other missions that are bigger and more beautiful that are all connected by the river because the Spanish had a plan when they built this. Also in uh, River News. So, you know, the Allen was trying to do their big, you know, expansion. Moses Rose's restaurant has denied their claim and they're yes. going to fucking court. I saw that because they were offering him like 5.6 $5.26 million. Which is for where their location is. Shit, that's a drop in the bucket for what they could get. Mm, actually, no. That location's pretty trash in comparison. Because the Alamo has this problem, and downtown San Antonio has this problem, is that everything is on that one block. There is no incentive to go a block further. And parking sucks. Yeah. So, like, it's not the location value itself. Because, like, honestly, it's not that great. I've been to Moses Rose's multiple times. Uh, the best part of it is that they have, like, a false door that's connected to a camera, so people get to watch you fail trying to get in the door. There is this really cool speakeasy bar that I just went to recently out here, and it's in the back of a steakhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can watch people eating in the steakhouse, and they can't see you, which is really kind of funny. Um, but the bathroom is hidden. There's, like, a, a fake door that's, like, a bookshelf, and it's my favorite part. Other than the fact that when you come to the door, you have to, like, knock on the door and give them a password that you have to get via text. Yeah, I had so. to do that with Carlos not too long ago because I his birthday just passed. So Happy birthday, Carlos. Uh, he doesn't listen to this show. <laughs> he doesn't listen to this show. Yeah. Amber, Amber listens to this show. And get well soon, Amber. Um, yes, Amanda told me what happened and I freaked out. Uh, but um, because I've had some issues with my Uber uh, deliveries recently, they gave... They gave me a pen that I had to, like, give to Carlos. So, you know, it's his birthday. I'm trying to surprise him. And I'm like, okay, Carlos, in, like, three minutes, someone's going to come to your door, and you have to give them this number. And he's like, are they going to kill me? (laughs) It's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Um, What's happening? Right. Because he already, like, um, I sent him a birthday card one year. And, like, Carlos would forget it's his birthday if I didn't tell him happy birthday. Um, 
So I sent a card to his house and he's like, how the fuck do you know where I live? Like he was like upset with me. <laughs> he's like, how the fuck do you know where my house is? But okay, so rivers and rafting, um, something, something, symbolism of movement and freedom. Something, something, Pocahontas did it better. Don't ask me questions. Something, something, the river is dangerous, but also freeing. Sure, I guess. And the raft symbolizes, I don't know, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> none of you were in school. I don't want to talk about this. Um, do you want to talk about uh, Samuel Clemens? I do, because this man, speaking of like the trickster god element. Not so- him. Samuel Langhorn Clemens. He was born in Florida, Missouri, which I feel like is the worst combination of a name ever. That, so I was um at Bucky's and I was talking to this guy and he's like, yeah, I'm from Pittsburgh. And I'm like, oh, it's like Pittsburgh, Texas. It's like, what? <laughs> so he was born November 30th, 1835. So he's a fucking Sagittarius. Oh, that, oh, that is. I apologize for my people. Just kidding. Fuck you. Um, he was born two weeks after Haley's Comet made a rotation, and he predicted he would die the day after it came back in 1910. He did die in 1910, but not, like, the day after it came back. Um, what? He had a big thing about Haley's Comet. Again, none of this is going to help you. This is just weird facts that I found. None of this is beneficial to anyone. This is what happens when I'm doing fucking claims at work, and I just am listening to podcasts. This is correct. So... Mark Twain was one of my favorite stories. He orchestrated a huge hoax when he was working in Virginia City, Nevada as a newspaper man. Um, He wrote this whole story about this body being found in a cave and how it had, um, because of the minerals, become one with the cave. And so thousands of people were coming to see it. It never fucking happens. Um, But he wrote it. It went into the paper. And at that point in time, kind of like social media now, People would travel and they'd have articles from like local things and eventually it would get to the big papers. Um, This one got to the big papers and for a long time people believed it was real. It was not. Um, It was written um, not with his real name, obviously, but he was able to get away with it, which I think is fucking hilarious. Yeah, there is a real man in a cave who was there for 70 something hours with his leg pinned and um, eventually they got him out. They only knew that they got him out. Because they could see the gold flashing in his teeth, but he was super dead. Uh, They built him a monument inside the cave, and then someone tried to steal his body. But he was re-entombed in the cave for decades. No, thank you. (laughs) It's kind of like there's this place... This is why I shouldn't listen to the, what is it, Mr. B something or whatever podcast. Because we were talking about this guy that crawled into a, a hole, and he was scuba diving and doing this whole thing and the nutty putty cave no it's someplace in like australia oh that's your first problem and then like somebody went in to try to retrieve his body and he got caught it was was (laughs) um so anyway huckleberry finn was written two decades after the emancipation proclamation um but obviously racism was still very fucking rampant still is Mm -hmm. um and jim crow laws are all over yes Um, (laughs) we have all sorts of new racism anyway yeah. Um, slavery was legal in Missouri when um, he was born. Yes, it was. He had a brother named Oran, or Oren, whatever. <laughs> it's spelled like Orion, but his mom had really weird things about pronouncing people's names. So, like, half the names in the family are weird. Um, <laughs> he loved being around water as a kid, but he didn't know how to swim, so he drowned almost nine times. He kept getting rescued by Stop people. going in the fucking water! Uh, he left school after fifth grade. Cool. He read all through his youth. 
but uh, school was just not for him. Uh-huh. He went to New York, he went to Pennsylvania, and his whole thing was to be a, a newspaper man. I love that you can spell out New York, but Pennsylvania is just PA. Fuck that. Anyway, <laughs> he volunteered for a Confederate regiment of Rangers, but quit within two weeks. Mm-hmm. No one is really sure why he joined the Confederate militia, because according to him, they did not follow his things. Sure. He claimed that he joined the cause initially because of his political ignorance. A lot of white people will say the exact same thing today. So the pen name Mark Twain comes from where you measure a depth on the water for a paddle boat just to make sure that it's safe enough to go through. You would say Mark Twain. So yes, his fucking pen name is a pun based on his time being on the river as a paddle boat captain. I hate him so much for that. He used a bunch of uh, pseudonyms including Thomas Jefferson Snodgrass, <clears throat> Sieur Louis de Comte, and Josh. Josh is my favorite one. He was friends with Nikola Tesla, and he had hot girl IBS, not Tesla, Mark Twain. But Tesla sure did love eugenics. Okay, so he, Twain had very, very bad digestive issues. Okay. Um, and so Tesla's like, hey, I have this thing called the oscillator. It's going to help with your digestion. So evidently after a minute, Twain jumped off the machine and ran to the bathroom. Um, what in the Linda Hazard? It's just the weird shit. Um, he had a lot of weird psychic phenomena that happened to him, or it was accredited to him at least. When he was four, he walked into his sister's bedroom and lifted her blanket at the end while he was sleepwalking. And evidently, for folktales for the area, that was a sign that someone was going to die. And his nine-year-old sister, in fact, died the next day. Um, what? He worked on a boat in, the tw- in his 20s, and he, it was called the Pennsylvania. That one I spelled out. There you go. Okay. I know you know how to spell Pennsylvania. Great job. <laughs> He got his brother Henry a job on the boat. Um, This turned out to be a bad thing because uh, the boiler exploded and Henry died from that. And the weird thing was the day before, Twain said he had a dream that Henry was in a metal casket dressed in a borrowed suit and that there was a bouquet of white roses on his chest with one red. And he went to the funeral and as he's standing there, this woman comes up and puts a bouquet of roses on that were the exact same thing. Okay, And so he freaked out. But he couldn't just tell Henry, like, hey, I... Apparently, I have that so raven powers. So uh, and maybe stay away so, from the exploding boiler. Yeah. So, like, that's the issue that I always have with, like, psychic stuff. Because um, if that's the case, then, then then speak up. Like, just say something. So he was also known for writing smut, which, thank you. He yeah. wrote a book anonymously called 1601, uh, which is the year it's set. It's supposed to be letters written between... Queen Elizabeth I and her handmaids about their sexy exploits. <clears throat> His daughter died at 25 after having an epileptic seizure in her bathtub. Oh, that's sad. Um, which was really sad because he spent a lot of time trying to find cures for epilepsy. Indeed. Um, in 1917, okay, so he eventually died in 1910, which we already talked about. Yes. Um, in 1917, this book came out that was supposedly written by Mark Twain via the Ouija board. Uh, the book was called Jap Heron and was penned by two mediums over a two-year period from 1915 to 1917. Cool. Um, the Clemens family, the, the his living daughter, filed a lawsuit to try and prevent the mediums from making money off it because she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, the case ended up going to court. They struggled to prove <laughs> that Mark Twain's ghost didn't write it. <laughs> Emily Grant <laughs> Hutchings was like the main name on the book. Uh they dropped the lawsuits after Hutchings agreed to destroy all remaining copies of the book and never publish it again. Oh, my God. Um, this happened again. 
Stop summoning Mark Twain. Mildred Burns Swanson was evidently channeling Mark Twain, and so she wrote this whole book um, called God Bless You, Daughter, which is how she said that Twain ended their talking sessions. And I'm like, what the fuck? Out of what? all the authors that you could summon to help you write better. I'm just saying, Mark all of this, Twain. even after death, is such textbook Sagittarius behavior. <laughs> he is a Sagittarius. Yes, this is 100% true. Um, I cheese it's so good oh, no, see i was nostalgic and i was like let me get our favorite cheese and everything uh there is a million of five adaptations including the aforementioned wishbone so i had a conversation with my husband where i'm like yeah remember the tom sawyer and huck finn movies that they made with like jonathan taylor thomas the terrifying Brad ones Rainbow? yeah yeah and i go whatever happened to brad renfro he's like i don't know i think he died from like an overdose or something Pulls up and he's like, yeah, he died from a heroin overdose. I was about to say, is this a David Carradine scenario? What the fuck? Oh, the... Yeah. So, so I was with my aunt when I was back home. And we made a a joke and it was like, you know, oh, I was just trying to keep you from being a sexual deviant. And I was like, well, you failed in that one. Um, And she's like, I'm just worried that you'll die in a sex act. Like, she's being, like, vulnerable and, like, loving and I'm like, oh, don't worry. I don't even, like, do breath play. And she's just like, Amanda. <laughs> she's just like, why, do, why are you like this? Why are you like this? It's like, I don't even do that stuff. You're, you're not likely to get me to die in a sex act. I don't like putting belts around my neck. Come on. Also, don't use a fucking belt. I don't. We have, don't use fucking belts. That's the worst. We have so many nice ropes now. Oh, my God. We do! We have so many nice ropes now. Why anyone is still using, like, dollar store handcuffs and, like, hardware store jute rope? Are you just actually a serial killer? If you're ever like, oh, I got my rope from the Home Depot. Oh, this isn't BDSM. This is murder. Army hammer. Right, like, you could go to the store. And get nylon rope, and it doesn't leave marks. I love all of this conversation right now because you were so earnest about it. <laughs> I'm so. This is why I don't drink anymore. <laughs> this is why I don't drink anymore. Uh, there's a million of five adaptations, including children's books, children's animated shows, live action, where it's just a boy on a boat with a black man. <laughs> The aforementioned uh, episode of uh, Family Guy. Remember when Family Guy was kind of funny? I do. I almost miss it. You could just stare off longingly in yeah. the distance. I really want to rewatch Boondocks, but um. Oh, the cartoon. Yeah. No, just go to the actual Boondocks and look at people. No, because my brain was like Boondock Saints. That's where that came okay, from. I'm, okay, what is with this liberation front that you have going on right now? Because you said Scotland forever twice, and now we're talking about the Boondocks. They're Saints. Irish! I know it's different, but like, there's a whole thing going on. I know the difference between Scotland and Ireland, but clearly there's a theme here somewhere that I'm not sure what it is. No, I want to watch the Boondocks again. It's fine. <laughs> but um, people... Uh, have always taken it really far out of context because like while I understand that nothing can ever be in group uh, there's too much about it that's very in group and when it's taken out of context and done out group it's just racism 
so I've seen a lot because like there's a bunch of like clips on TikTok now and it's like oh yeah this is totally right and it's just like a black character being very very racist to black people and it's like that's not what you're supposed to get from this that's not no that's what you took from this like that's not what we were supposed to do but there's a million and five adaptations uh our favorite is always going to be wishbone r.i.p that dog that was named soccer we love you soccer we should send flowers or something <laughs> I like how I, I'm like, I have to stand up. Ugh, okay. I'm sorry, the chair is bad. So, resources. There's too many of them. Thank you, air conditioner. Uh, <laughs> thank you, air conditioner. Thank you, air conditioner. So, we have The Avengers of a Huckleberry Finn by Thug Notes, which is always going to be our favorite. Uh, Crash Course Literature. Um... You know what, John Green, I like you a lot, but you are just like every other white person. You seem to be too apologetic about this book. I uh, I like John Green as a concept, but then sometimes I'll watch his stuff and I'm just like, you are just a white man. I have nothing against John Green, but I am a Hank Green girl. I realize that I am the John in most of my friendships. Um, including the story that they told when they were talking to their parents where they were at the airport and Hank was being carried and John apparently just, like, laid down in the middle of the airport concourse and said, it's just too much. I can't do it. <laughs> so, like, I realize that I'm the John in most of my friendships, but also, like, every once in a while, I am very, very much confronted with, that is just a white man. And there's nothing wrong with that. Again, I've dated many white men. Um, but that is just a white man. I still want to make a shirt that says that is just a white man. Hit him with your paddle boat. <laughs> I mean, I can try. I can try. Uh, so there's two whole parts on Crash Course Literature about Huckleberry Finn, because John apparently has thoughts that no one else has ever thunk about this book. Um, why do people think that Huck Finn is racist? Featuring Princess Weeks for It's Lit which is the PBS show that briefly tried to bring Lindsay Ellis out of retirement. Uh, she got to see the final showing of Phantom of the Opera, and she is very, very sad about it. I miss Lindsay Ellis so much as a YouTuber, but I will never pay for Nebula, that dumb Netflix subscription thing that they have. Yeah, it's kind of like my beliefs on the Discovery Plus app. Fuck that. Right, like, I love this idea that, like, I was okay with her just, like, quitting YouTube and, like, just living her life. Like, she had a kid and everything. But it's like, actually, I'm still doing this stuff on Nebula. It's like YouTube, but better. And it's like, no, I'm not giving you money. I'm not giving you more money. Um, let's see. Huckleberry Finn, why Jim is Mark Twain's most meaningful character. Uh, sure. I don't believe in that one. Um... <laughs> did have one that you had marked that you were like, I'm going to share this every time. Oh, it's the history of black stereotypes on screen. So it's the take video essay. And that talks about like, you know, your basic black stereotypes, like your Uncle Tom's, like your Sambo's and everything like that. And I will talk about it every single time because once you realize that like the foundations of cinema are racist, especially towards black people, it radically changes how you look at cinema. And I think it's especially poignant for black people when you learn these racist stereotypes, because then you figure out, like, why so much of the fear and hatred that is lobbed at black people comes from these harmful stereotypes, 
like they were talking about like the angry black woman also known as the sapphire and that is rooted in hundreds of years of history of a legitimate fear of the power of black women so when you understand that when people call you angry when they say you're an angry black woman like that is not you know just modern racism that is hundreds of years of fear of what black women can do um when they talk about like the uncle toms that that's stuff that we still see in black communities. That's still something that is lobbed at black people in black spaces if they are too chummy with white people. And I think it's just necessary to look at it. I think it's definitely mandatory for every white person because then y'all figure out like, oh, fuck, I've been you know perpetuating this all this time. And it's doubly mandatory for black people to understand like, oh, shit, because of white racism, we've also been duplicating this this whole time. Um... We have a note about why Mark Twain chose a stupid name. Yep. There's a podcast in here, and I think it's like what you missed in history class. Woo! Um, there is the study guide and spark notes because they help me put my thoughts together. They do. So I don't just start rambling about side points that make no sense and don't matter, which is what I do when given my own opportunity. This is true. Um, and then uh, .co.com. Yeah. Stuff. Wikipedia is always our best friend. I love Wikipedia. It's oh. dangerous, but it also gives you a bunch of little, like, places to go and things to check. Yee. Um, <laughs> have I showed you Sylvanian drama? No. So it's this one uh, TikToker who makes, like, these really, really elaborate, like, drama skits, and they're all, like, stream of consciousness, like, someone on crack. But they're, like, using the, like, Sylvanian, like, doll figures. And the amount of vernacular I've picked up from watching those is horrifying. Wait, are those the ones that are like the little fuzzy guys? Yeah. Oh, okay, then I have seen those. I love Sylvanian drama. I was like, what the hell are those? <laughs> I love those. I love Sylvanian drama so much. So we've mentioned this multiple times in the recording. Have we had Have we had to read this in school? Yeah. Too many times. Yeah. There are so many other books I feel like we could have read that weren't this. Yeah, but we had to do something that we both hated for the hundredth episode. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I don't regret doing it for this, but, like, when I was in, because, again, like, in Texas, I've had to read this a bunch of times. Like, it's almost like um, To Kill a Mockingbird. Like, I've read this a lot. I don't think I needed to read it that many times. I think, at best, it's maybe a children's book. At worst, read it almost like Get Out. What are your feelings on the movie Get Out? White people don't understand it, and it has a very, very cop-out ending. It does, which is why I was asking, because we were talking about some of the the magical Negro aspects. It has a very, and I know that wasn't meant to be the original ending, like that was a choice. Oh, crap, was it, is a test audience thing? Yeah. Oh. That's why I said, because white people don't understand it, uh... So they really sanitized that ending. It was meant to be a lot darker and a lot worse. And I think if it had ended that way, I would have liked it a lot more. Um, I also think it's like one of those things that um, it's one of those movies that I feel like people watch when they want to feel smart when it's not subtle at all. Like it's a very like overt movie, but like people talk about it like it's super like coded. It's like, oh, and when he's picking at the chair, it's cotton. It's like, yeah. I didn't even think about that part. I was too busy going, oh my god, I know these people. Yeah, he life. uses cotton to plug his ears, and he's picking it from the chair. Like It's like, 
I was like, oh, did you notice that detail? It's like, yeah, that's like the whole thing. And he uses the deer to stab people because, you know, deer are normally like chill animals unless you watch Game of Thrones and they're all murderers. Speaking of, um, I learned that there's this thing in the Game of Thrones book that um, I think it's Loras Tyrell, the gay one, yeah. has this guard called the Rainbow Guard. Mm-hmm. And they're like every color of the rainbow. And if anyone ever wants to mansplain that Game of Thrones is super serious to me ever again, I'm kicking them in the nuts. Because, like, this is the dumbest book I've ever heard. There's been a lot of, like, slander of Harry Potter, how Harry Potter, like, isn't, like, original and it's, like, high-key very racist and stuff like that. But, like, also, like, it's not clever. I will not accept anyone slandering, like, any other book that I liked as a kid in favor of Game of Thrones. This is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever read. I I (coughs) loved this thing the other day from somebody who's a very big Lord of the Rings nerd. And they were talking on TikTok about how people always give the book shit because... You know, they have all these elaborate names and stuff, and then they're going to Mount fucking Doom, Mount Doom. And he goes, well, actually, it has a very intricate and deep name, but it's kind of like in real life where people that come up with a nickname for a place, and Mm -hmm. that's easier, so they just use that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I can't make fun of this anymore. (laughs) Yeah. So I will accept no one trying to mansplain how, like, big, serious, and important Game of Thrones is. You can go fuck right off with that. So, something that is very weird, now that I'm, like, actively writing again, and Mm -hmm. reading constantly, and putting stuff out there, um, I'm picking up a lot of, like, even when the author doesn't intend to foreshadow, I'm picking up a lot of their foreshadowing, um, where you can tell, like, when they figured out who they're going to use as the murderer, and I'm going to tell you right now, I picked it out in you within, like, the first five minutes, And I was so proud of myself. And then my friend's like, okay, who do you think it is? And she's like, I'm not going to tell you who it is, but I need you to know who you think. And so, like, after I got, like, halfway through, I'm like, hell yeah. (laughs) It's one of those amazing superpowers that I've had for a while. Um, And I love it. But it does lead to moments where I feel, like, either very, very dumb or very, very smart. See, the weird thing for me is before I used to be like, I need this to be a mystery before I go in. I need no hints, no no spoilers, nothing. I just want it to be exciting and new for me. And now I've discovered that about myself is that if I know the plot, Mm -hmm. I will go in and I will pick up so many more details and things because I'm not worried about how it's going to turn out. I know how it's going to turn out. I want to see how they get there. Right. And that's kind of how I am, honestly. Like, please spoil things for me because I have ADHD and depression. I'm never going to watch anything new. I'm going to watch the same episode of Cheaters five times. Uh, So go ahead and spoil things for me because then, like, who knows? If I'm really, really interested in the concept, I might go back and watch it. Um, But, yeah, it's, it's very, very weird sometimes going through because, like, people always like to talk about Game of Thrones, especially, like, it's, like, this super, super serious work by super, super serious men and men are very important who are reading Game of Thrones. And it's like, this is just Lord of the Rings with more tits. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't even think George R. R. Martin takes it as seriously as some of his fans Oh, do. it's clear he <laughs> doesn't because he's waiting for him to die before he finishes the other fucking book. He's like regularly trying to shadow box the Grim Reaper so no one gets conclusions to anything. Uh, we don't have a next book listed because uh, in celebration of our 100th, uh, we're going on a little day trip next week. I'm terrified because I don't know where we're going, but I'm also excited. Uh, and we're going to continue celebrating 100 episodes because it's kind of a big deal and, like, neither of us thought we'd get here. No. <laughs> I thought we were going to die. <laughs> there are 
have been there have been so many things that have happened over the past almost four years that I've just been like, man, are we both still alive? Like, yeah, this is the bad place. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're gonna celebrate, and uh, as soon as we know what we're reading in May, we'll let you know. But uh, we're gonna continue celebrating this uh, monumentous achievement. I had to think about every syllable of that word. I am never drinking again. So part of me is like, and the next the next podcast is sober. Yeah. Oh my god, we make this a weird podcast. No. No, no. Because no. I can't even imagine. You know how much I struggle just to form basic sentences half the time on this. Because if I'm writing it down, it's fine. If I'm speaking it out loud, my brain's like, that's shiny. Let's talk about that instead. Yes. Um. Oh my god, I can't. So... One of my favorite David Tell jokes. Yes. He's talking about, he goes, and that's why these great works of literature are written by people who drink. Because can you imagine a stoner writing a book? It would just be hundreds of pages about how if you put a hat and sunglasses on a dog, they look like they could drive a car. And <laughs> so I'm actually a very, very chill high person. Uh, and I don't think things are immediately funny. But I am very easily distracted by, like, color and movement. Um, the last time I got high, my friend and I built a pillow fort in the living room. We had a disco ball going, and we were watching, like, 80s and 90s anime. And then we watched Steven Universe, and it was, like, great. We had, like, the hookah, like, set up in the middle of the living room. Like, the fucking caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland. And it was, like, the best night of my life. Back in my 20s, when I was, uh, when I was... Not cool, but I thought I was cool. Um, I used to go to hookah bars a lot with uh, my uh, boyfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. And every single person who smokes a hookah at some point in their life will do the who are you thing from Alice in Wonderland. Without fucking fail. That just sounds, at a hookah bar. That sounds so dumb. Why would you do that? Because you're bored and you're relaxed. And then some guy is walking around showing pictures of naked Bridget the Midget on his phone to you because he's telling everybody he hooked up with her once. Also, two bites my ass. That shit can go right down my throat. We're talking about cupcakes. <laughs> Not Bridget the Midget. Sorry. Tori already got to hear about me filleting a soup dumpling. Oh my god. I need you to tell that story even though we're technically done. So I went to dim sum um, and we ordered soup dumplings and like for if you never had a soup dumpling... They have, like, this, like, liquid broth in the center, so you have to, like, bite the tip of it and drink the soup out. So I am, like, filleting this soup dumpling. I am giving it, like, the Gluck Gluck 5000. Which makes me laugh every Like, time. I am suckling the head of that soup dumpling tenderly. I have treated exes with more hostility than I was that soup dumpling. And our waitress comes... And she's like needy. She needs our menu because when you do dim sum, you have like a little paper menu, and that's how they tally up how much money you spent. So I am like eating this soup dumpling, mind you, with chopsticks. So I have chopsticks, and I am suckling this soup dumpling. I am gargling this soup dumpling. Unbroken eye contact with our waitress. Give her our menu, and then take it back, and then return to throwing that bitch back down my gullet. I need you to picture this. It is the middle of a work day. I am exhausted. I'm barely hanging on. Because when you work with Medicaid, my God. Anyhow, as I'm going through, all of a sudden I get this little message. 
voice message from Amanda. Oh, okay. I'm listening to it, and when Amanda gets to the Glug Glug 5000 part, I cackled so hard I almost hurt myself. You got it. I was I was tenderly suckling this soup dumpling. Oh my god, you're like I was filleting it with vinegar, and I'm like, oh my god. And this woman has the nerve and audacity to look at me and be like, "I need your menu, bitch. You have hands and can move in the third dimension. We're having a moment." Just let me pleasure my soup dumpling, God. I want the soup and the pork. Give it to me. I don't get soup dumplings down here unless I go to fucking Trader Joe's. What the fuck is this movie for? That's oh. the Evil Dead Rise. Yeah. See, I keep the TV on because I have ADHD. Don't judge me. So we will be back uh, in May with a new book, and we'll take lots of pictures from our celebration next week. I'm very, very excited. I've already planned everything out. Uh, I'm going to go sober up because I remembered why I don't drink anymore. Yeah, and I'm going to go do adult chores. Ew. <laughs> I did so many chores in preparation of you being back in my apartment. I know, and I'm so appreciative. And Thank you got you. little mini cupcakes. I d like, I wanted this to be nice. And it's nice. It's a big deal. So we're going to go continue celebrating. Uh, thank you to Baron Von Cheeseplate, who helps uh, maintain the show. Tori, where can the good people find us? We are all over social media, and you think I would remember everything at this point in time? No, my friend. Out of all the things we don't have memorized. No. So we are on Unfortunately Required Reading on Facebook. We yes. We unfortunately are, are on Twitter. Yes. I remember that one. Yeah. Unfortunately Required on Instagram. Yes. And then if you're just lazy like me and you just want to go to one place, it's unfortunatelyrequiredreading.com. Correct. Or you can email us at unfortunatelyrequiredreading at gmail.com. And if you receive a response, you are clearly loved. If you receive a response, it's probably because Amanda logged in. If you received a response, it's because I finally got the verification code from Victoria, and I was able to log in. <laughs> I was like, why is Amanda texting me? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit, she needs something. Uh, if you would like to fund the wine and cheese fund of this podcast, you may do so at uh, spotifyforpodcasters.com slash unfortunately required reading slash support. Spotify for podcasters, the clunkiest URL you could ever possibly give us. I feel like we should just go back to Ko-Fi. Yeah, we or could. Or coffee or whatever it it's is. Like, who the fuck's Ko-Fi? I don't know. I only read it. <laughs> like, who the fuck's Ko-Fi? It's still better than how I used to say Hermione. Okay? Say, is it Hermione one? <laughs> I was about to say, like, is this some Hermione one stuff? <laughs> my favorite was my mom had only ever seen the word facade written down. Facad? So she said facade. <laughs> and... I will. I don't make fun of her for it because I, I understand. But I made fun of her when I was younger. But uh, yeah, there there are certain words that come out of my mouth that I'm like, oh god. Um, it's also really fun to watch doctors pronounce the same medication like differently. Yes. The ones in the South will pronounce it very differently than if you're talking to a doctor who lives like in California. Yes. And then what's amazing is that you pronounce it differently than how everyone else pronounced it. Because, like, I don't know how to pronounce the generic of Effexor. Don't make me. So then when, when CVS is like, oh, yeah, we have your Venlafaxine. Like, my what? Sounds like a 50 syphilis drug. Right? Like, <laughs> that's, not, that's, not, that's not what I'm here to pick up. But, yeah, if you'd like to support us, you can do so at Spotify. Uh for podcasters, it's it's stupid. Spotify, listen, we get that you're a monopoly, but, like, this is the dumb URL. Why, why would you do this to us? Like, Anchor was great. Like, just let us use Anchor. But it's Spotify for podcasters dot 
you unfortunately required reading slash support. You can give us money. We really appreciate money. <laughs> I'm going to go drink some water now. Go read a book. Go read a book. Bye. Thank you for 100 episodes. Yay.